0: you tax adjust where municipal portfolio yields are right now you're getting something north of eight percent and in some cases getting eight and a half close to nine percent that is very compelling star bond fund
1: manager mary ellen stanick makes the case for bonds on consuelo mac wealth track
0: funding provided by clearbridge investments first eagle investments royce investment partners baird matthews asia Strategus Asset Management, and Women Investing in Security and Education.
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of WealthTrack. I'm Consuelo Mack. Remember the acronym TINA, there is no alternative to stocks? Well, that theme reigned supreme when interest rates were near zero and the stock market was the only game in town for income and was outperforming every other traditional asset class. Well, That stock advantage is now being questioned by fans of bonds, whose theme is patty, or pay attention to yields, as the Federal Reserve raises interest rates at the fastest clip in four decades, a full 5.5 percentage points since March of 2022. That rapid rise in rates was a nightmare for fixed-income investors. Bond prices fall as interest rates rise, and bonds suffered their worst declines in history in 2022 but poor performance is frequently followed by positive results in the investment world. And so it typically is with bonds. That is one of the many reasons this week's guest says bonds are back. She is Mary Ellen Stanek, co-chief investment officer of Baird Advisors and president of the Baird Funds, where she heads up the fixed income team. Stanek was honored with the Morningstar Award for Investing Excellence in 2022 as Outstanding Portfolio Manager for her disciplined and risk-aware approach, thoughtfully navigating various market environments, and impressive absolute and risk-adjusted returns in her 20-plus years at Baird. Stanek is Portfolio Manager of several gold medalist funds, including the Baird Aggregate Bond Fund and the Baird Core Plus Bond Fund. And both funds have beaten their benchmark since their inception in 2000 and in multiple years in between. She has been named one of Barron's 100 Most Influential Women in Finance for several years. And Fortune has named Baird one of the 100 best companies to work for for 20 consecutive years. Baird is a WealthTrack sponsor. I began the interview by asking Stanek why she is convinced that bonds are back especially considering the Federal Reserve's determination to keep credit conditions tight to fight inflation.
0: Well, part of why we are optimistic, obviously, is the nominal level of yields. But the Resolute Fed is one of the reasons we are uh, quite committed in terms of our, and have conviction in our view. We believe the Fed, we take them at their word, that they will stay, keep rates higher, longer, and have resolved to flat, fight inflationary expectations. And that's a right. good thing for bond investors. okay, because of the income, right? Because of the income. <laughs> so they've right. moved, they've marched interest rates up and the markets you know followed them all the way up over the last couple of years. And today, and the, the thing investors, we always try to caution ourselves and our investor base is investing's all about today forward. And if you look in the rearview mirror you see lower yields and then this move up which meant good news is the yields are higher the tough news is that prices fell on existing bonds but today going forward the yields are very compelling Now given
1: human psychology <laughs> after last year's bond market debacle you know the worst decline in bond market history how are you reassuring uh, investors that, gee, your bonds are safe or, or at least you can expect good returns? What, you, what are you telling them?
0: So part of the issue in 2022 was when you began 2022, yields were very low. Nominal right. yields were very, very low. So there was no cushion or income uh, really to buffer the rise in rates. Now the starting point is very different. The yield curve is inverted, meaning short-term interest rates are higher than long-term interest rates, although that has been shifting a bit in the last several, several days. And so, but you find on the taxable side, on the treasury portfolios and our investment grade portfolios, you find the treasury market with five plus percent kind of yields for most of the yield curve, On the T-bill side, 5.5 percent-ish. And so offering very good yields on well-diversified investment-grade bond portfolios, the yields are north of 6 percent. And so they're getting quite attractive. So what we do for investors is we run some scenario analysis. It's just that's the beauty of bonds, right? It's a lot of pure math and so with that yield and you can run given the duration or the interest rate sensitivity of the portfolio what that yield will produce and then any kind of price change up or down depending on the direction of interest rates and then project a total return and now we're looking across many different interest rate scenarios and seeing positive total returns on a going-forward basis, on a 12-month basis. So it's always difficult for investors when you come through a tough period. There's a natural tendency, it's human nature to, to look in the rearview right. mirror and, and take a recency bias, right, that whatever your recent experience is, you tend to focus on that versus really trying to step back and be very clinical in, in a lot of ways in terms of looking at the yield on the portfolios today, looking at the risk posture that we've assumed to get that yield, and then again, going back to a number of fundamental conditions, not the least of which is a Federal Reserve that is fighting the inflation fight and we are seeing inflation coming down and an economy that is resilient to date, but probably starting to soften. And at some point rates will likely fall, uh, uh, but that will be down the road as, as the economy starts softening. So in the scenarios
1: that you're running through, what is, can you describe what the most likely scenario is to us?
0: Well, you always take a base case. And the base case is no change. And if you do that on our five taxable strategies, you're looking at 6% kind of total return. That's a pretty compelling total return for investors. And you start looking at the higher yields have gone, the tougher comparative it is for risk-oriented asset classes like stocks. Where we we're seeing money starting to flow back into bonds, uh, and now we're seeing even more. The the pace seems to be picking up. When interest rates were slow, so low and nominal yields were you know zero to one and a half two percent, you saw people take their allocations to bonds way down, way down. Now we're starting to see then migrate those back up, both institutional investors, and of course we haven't even touched on individual investors. With aging populations, not just here, but throughout most of the world, there tends to be a tendency to favor income-oriented investments like bonds. Mm -hmm. And so the good news is, and that's one of the reasons we like bonds, is because they are gonna be attractive to more seasoned, Older investors who are in search of trying to start rebalancing portfolios. So, in making the case for bonds,
1: Baird came out with a list uh, recently of you know ten reasons uh, that that bonds, to like bonds now. And uh, so, one of them was inflation coming down. How much farther do you expect it to come down? The Fed's targeting two percent. Is that? A realistic expectation
0: well we're not necessarily expecting two percent but okay. the fed as you say that is the fed's target and so the fed the fed directionally is pointing there and that's where that resolve or the resolute fed comes in that they do not want to ease too quickly and mm-hmm. lower interest rates and run the risk that they really have not uh, fought the full fight against not just reported inflation but inflationary expectations and that's what's so important is to make sure that investors believe that you are looking at lower uh, inflation rates so Will it be something in that 3% range, 3.5%? But again, looking at the yields now on the portfolios, you've got real or inflation-adjusted positive yields now on bond portfolios. It has been quite some time since that happened. And and when you said that,
1: that you were expecting, if you look across the taxable portfolios at Baird, that you're expecting a total return of 6%.
0: So that's the base case. That's basically earning the yield that's existing on the on a well-diversified investment-grade portfolio. Um, if you start getting any kind of drop in interest rates or rally, and at some point we expect that could be the case, you know, your total return could be in that 8%, percent range, eight and a half percent. If you get a hundred basis point change in rates, you know, an aggregate portfolio could be, you know, in that 11, 12 percent range.
1: So, it, right. And that hundred basis point change would, would be if rates fell a hundred basis points. Right.
0: If the converse is true and rates would rise another hundred basis points, you've got basically a slightly positive total return. So the math now is very, very compelling across a wide range of scenarios. Why I picked the 6% as a base case is that's just simply rates on change from these levels. And no change in spreads, everything stays pretty much the same and you just do the math for the next next 12 months. So uh, while rates and the bond market will do what it will do and they will have interim volatility, Again, when we step back and look at a lot of the fundamentals, we think uh, the case is is strong for bonds. And and how much of a cushion uh, does income provide
1: uh, through these you know, various markets with bonds, and especially obviously declines in bonds? So you've got you've got an income cushion. How significant is that?
0: It's it's very big. Again, the math, the income coming off the portfolios. Every day, you know, you earn a little bit more. It's just a, time, a period going through time you're earning that yield. So it is, uh, it is part of that buffer, if you will. And right. you, look, you look over time and bond portfolios, the income part of, of the total return calculation is actually a large part of what drives bond portfolio returns.
1: Uh, The end of the current cycle is near, is another reason that Baird's given uh, the interest rate cycle.
0: What we think will happen is not necessarily that the rally, the the Fed, starts going the other direction, cutting rates quickly. We think that they, we take them at their word, that they're a lot closer to their terminal rate or being done, and then they're going to try to hold there for a while. And if you're an investor, that's music to your ears Mm -hmm. because it means you collect that yield, that higher yield or income for a longer period of time. So again, it's a very uh, important building block for investors in terms of your total return calculation. Even more compelling on the municipal side, uh, because if you tax adjust for full taxpayers, you tax adjust where municipal portfolio yields are right now, you're getting something north of 8%, and in some cases getting 8.5, close to 9%. That is very compelling, and we think what's driving uh, certainly the, the pure interest rate environment what the Fed's doing has certainly a big factor. But also with the inverted yield curve, we believe that typical municipal investors are hanging out on the short end of the yield curve in Treasury bills, Mm. earning 5.5% and not moving out the curve as much. So flows into the municipal market have remained uh, negative, meaning there isn't ongoing support coming in, buying bonds. And so probably uh, driving those yields higher than they otherwise uh, would be. So, you know, again, we, across the board, I I would put the caution, keep the seatbelts on, or if you don't have a seatbelt on, put one on, because the markets will be volatile, as they often are later in cycles, and then you add on all the geopolitical uncertainty. And you add on the uncertainty about what's happening in the economy with the labor markets, with the restart of the economy coming off the pandemic and the forced economic shutdown. So there are things about this cycle. There are some trends and characteristics that we recognize from our years of doing this. And there are other things that are actually quite different. And. We have a sense that it's just going to take longer, and the Fed, we believe, buys into that, that they are going to keep those, or try to keep interest rates higher for longer. And again, we think that just is one of the reasons why we we like bonds, because you'll earn those higher yields for a longer period of time.
1: Where are the best opportunities that you're finding at Baird?
0: If you look at past interest rate cycles, inversions tend to last about 12 to 15 months and this one now is 15 almost 16 months old so it's getting on the longer side of it and maybe it stays inverted and it will end up being one of the longer inversions we've experienced but that's usually a pretty good indicator that you're getting later in the cycle and later in fed movement of course the fed marches short-term interest rates up typically inverts the curve The economy starts slowing down and eventually you'll get the rally ensuing so our caution to investors is don't get lured into staying too short too long
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: it is very compelling. You, you earn a little bit higher yield, but you don't take much time risk or duration. Right. And that all sounds like a free lunch, and for a little while it is. <laughs> but as soon as the rally, and that's the thing, we never quite, we don't, we're not market timers. We think that's really tough to do and, and drive results that way. And so once the rally starts, prices will rise, yields will fall, and you'll wish you had gone and started locking in some of those higher yields out the curb. So Mm -hmm. to answer your question on where where do they go, each individual investor has to answer that question based on their own objectives, right? And so if you're an individual and you're very risk averse, you would have trouble sleeping nights. You're, we would not recommend going out, even though it could be very compelling to be out there. You're probably better off in that short to intermediate, particularly the intermediate part of the curve, so that three to seven year area, you call it.
1: I am intrigued by uh, one of your uh, assertions in the, the 10 reasons to like bonds now, that bonds may beat stocks.
0: For the most part, stocks have held up pretty well, mm-hmm. considering all that is going on in the world, the uncertainty about the economy, the Fed in a tightening campaign, quantitative tightening where they're letting their balance sheet roll off. And right. so you take all of that and you go, boy, why why is the stock market doing as well as it has done? So. We think there's a bit of a lag. At some point, that will rebalance itself. But it, it doesn't seem like the the stock market has completely factored all of that in. We try to look at some guideposts on valuation, and one of them is dividend yield versus you know versus a 10-year Treasury yield and mm-hmm. historical patterns. One of them is real yields, and seeing that those have turned positive now right over inflation in right in a pretty significant way and and those are some pretty good indicators that you know bonds are uh, there's a pretty good case to be made for bonds
1: let me ask you about the treasury's indebtedness and financing needs which are considerable
0: so over 50% of outstanding treasury debt comes due in the next 3 years um, about 30, a little more than 30% in the next year. It's way too heavy on the short end with wow. all, the, all the bill financing. Um, and your point's a really good one because the net interest, is rising, that debt as it matures is being you know reissued or issued out at much higher interest rates. And so, if you think about it, that becomes for the investor, and I'm advocating for bond investors, this is a good time to, to own bonds, but if you're issuing the bonds, and ultimately all of us as taxpayers those, the cost to issue those bonds and service the bonds has just gone up dramatically, right. has gone up. You think about it, if the coupon was one and a half percent a few years ago and now is five plus, five. Right. Um, that is, been you've more than, you know, tripled the cost of, of that. Now you are mu- much more exposed to these higher mm-hmm. reinvestment uh, rates, which in the case of of the government is what they have to pay uh, to to induce investors in. At the end of the day, the government will get whatever it goes to market with. It's just a question of how high the yield has to be to induce investors in, and at some point, will they crowd out other issuers, and that you know becomes a, an increasing concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bigger, which is one of the points I think you you implied, as these deficits, the, the need to continue to issue large amounts of debt, um, right. if you end up taking away from other sectors, the more it costs you to issue and service the debt, you're taking it away from productive uses for that capital. And so you also probably are lowering growth rates. Are you losing sleep over that yet? <laughs> well, that, well, there's a lot of reasons to worry, right? We we always say okay. as bond, bond managers, we're paid to worry about everything that could go wrong. And hopefully right. we've got an answer and have thought about it and buffered the portfolios and structured them accordingly. But it does, I think, make it to this headwind story of why increasingly we'd be concerned about other risk-oriented asset classes like Mm -hmm. stocks. Because, you know, they are built on earnings, growth in earnings, and if we paint a scenario where the economy and the overall growth rates are, are lower, it just probably means lower growth rates, lower earnings growth rates as well, which at some point impacts your valuations.
1: Mary Ellen, one investment for a long-term diversified portfolio um, in the past, I know you munis uh, were one, small cap stocks were another. What are you recommending now?
0: Today, for sure, for full taxpayers, take a really good look at munis. Um, again, the tax adjusted yields, if you're in the top bracket, North of 8%, uh, in some cases 85 starting to get close to 9%. So really, really compelling there.
1: Are, are you specifically recommending locking in longer term, like much longer term rates, or stay in the five to intermediate term, or? Well,
0: the intermediate term is is a comfortable place for a lot of investors, right. individual investors. but. You know, some of the, the core kind of portfolios, which would be more in that, oh, average maturities of eight to nine years, mm-hmm. you know, that's where some of the best value is. And on the municipal side, uh, that, that raw yield is well over 5%, which adjusts to, again, high 8% on a, right. for a full taxpayer. And then for high tax lo- states, New York, California, any high tax states, if you're able to find you know any tax-exempt issues that give you additional tax preference, um, the, the math gets even more compelling. So it's mm-hmm. hard for me to find as well a better a better recommendation for most investors than right there.
1: Nice to be a bond manager right now, especially after a, an interest rate level drought. Mary Ellen Stanick. So it, it sounds like a lot of good reasons to say bonds are back. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thank you. Always great to be together.
1: At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is consider bonds for income once again. After a prolonged period of historically low interest rates, bond yields are once again higher than stock dividend yields. One example, the 4% plus rates being offered on U.S. Treasuries are at multi-year highs relative to the under 2% dividend yield offered by the S&P 500. And for the first time in several years, bond yields are higher than inflation, meaning they offer what's called a positive real return. In a recent interview with Morningstar's mutual fund maven Russ Kinnell, which you can see on WealthTruck.com, we talked about his popular thrilling 33 funds, a list narrowed from 15,000 fund share classes that make the cut based on low fees, Morningstar's medalist ratings, long-term performance, and fund company quality. In addition to several Baird funds, including those run by Stanek, the other bond funds on the list are Dodge & Cox Global Fund, Dodge & Cox Income, and Fidelity Limited Term Bond Fund. Now, this is not a definitive list by any means, but it's one place to start as you consider the key role bonds can once again play as a source of income. Well, next week, a WealthTrack exclusive with legendary value investor Bruce Berkowitz. Why is 80% of his flagship Fairhound fund invested in one real estate company? We will find out. In this week's Extra Feature, Mary Ellen Stanek shares how her clients and staff got through the worst bond bear market in history in 2022. And for those of you active on social media, please follow us on Facebook and our YouTube channel. Thank you for watching. Have a super weekend and make the week ahead a healthy, profitable, and productive one.